Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss some breaking news coming out in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, of course, written by Dave Meltzer, revealing the fact that WWE President Nick Khan and therefore WWE on the whole are in talks with New Japan at Pro Wrestling about WWE becoming New Japan's exclusive American partner. Apparently, these talks date back to uh, late March, early April. No indication of where the talks are currently at. Now, we've known previously, of course, New Japan worked with Ring of Honor and then joined the ongoing Global Bastard. We've seen them work with the likes of All Elite Wrestling uh, and, of course, Impact Wrestling as well intriguing story this lots of buzz already uh, on the internet around this Sige uh, you're one of the most foremost knowledgeable people here at what culture regarding new japan uh, first of all your reaction to this news it's stunning shocking unsurprising <laughs> wwe is a spiteful company the key detail i read from that copy mm. and if my thoughts are flustered forgive me we've just uh, received this breaking news um is the information on when these talks started can you repeat that for the youtube uh people out there i'll I'll just read a bit about what melts wrote directly here he said uh, obviously there are a million questions regarding such a deal if it was to happen and there are no indications where talks are uh they date back to late march early april but it would include important this we'll get into this as well in a second it would include wwe sending talent and wwe top stars being allowed to work in new japan if talks go anywhere so those dates, March and April mm-hmm. of 2021. What was already happening, Will Vaughan, in March and April 2021? I, Who had I, already appeared on AEW Dynamite by March 2021? New yeah. Japan Pro Wrestling's Kenta. This news follows the opening of the Forbidden Door and WWE, clearly out of spite, wished to slam it shut because feasibly, in a post-pandemic world, Mm-hmm. AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling could theoretically, and this isn't even theoretically because it was effectively already happening, they could co-promote a show that would sell out Madison Square Garden like that. Mm-hmm. When ROH and New Japan partnered mm-hmm. to promote, co-promote a show at Madison Square Garden, it sold out instantly under the promise of Jesus Christ, the elite 
and New Japan Pro Wrestling in one building in America. Mm-hmm. People were high on the prospect of Christ, we might even get another Ricardo Omega match. We might get something almost to that level of quality. Let's buy a ticket. Would this have happened in October and November of last year? Not for me, no. No, it wouldn't have happened. Like It would not have happened. It's not in WWE's DNA to do such a thing. But however, Spite very much courses through the DNA of that promotion. I'm obviously taking a dim and cynical view of this development because I genuinely believe it's all about money. And it's a fantasy world that's all driven by money. I don't think the benevolent Tony Khan and Ghetto would want to co-promote just to give us fans something nice. Hmm. Like there's money to be made, but I do think it's driven by passion of collaboration, of doing cool things for pro wrestling fans. And I just can't see any of those cool things happening under a theoretical WWE X New Japan umbrella. I just can't see it. The fact that these talks stem back to March and April is just the biggest indication of what's driving this apparent partnership and how cynical it is. And I just can't see it going well at all. Or I don't know if I can even see it happening. It's just Tony Khan is growing hugely. Sorry, Nick Khan is growing hugely in influence. Yeah. So much so that perhaps his ability to generate these massive money deals is going to supersede the old instincts of Vince McMahon not playing well with others. Like as we speak, and it doesn't just um, cover this particular story, but the, the fundamental culture of WWE appears to be changing. There are heavy industry whispers that, you know, a sale might be imminent yeah. or at least plausible, which again, just felt like something that the megalomaniacal Vince McMahon and his total need for control, it just feels like finally the culture's changing, but whether that can manifest in a dream partnership, I just can't see it. There's a clear strategic element to this that is driven not out of oh it would be cool to do this the fans would like this it's for me radiates pure spite yeah just to to further read some more of uh, Meltzer's write up here uh, you mentioned Nick Khan there he says with Khan the former isolationist attitude of WWE versus everyone is changing uh, with the idea that WWE is part of the wrestling landscape and not separate from the pro wrestling landscape and he says obviously it's also to keep New Japan which pre-pandemic was the third strongest company in the world away from working with other companies which could strengthen the opposition Uh, you know we've talked about initially that relationship that they had with Ring of Honor we were lucky enough to to go to that show of uh, uh, WrestleMania 35 weekend uh, and then yeah Impact Wrestling we've seen they've done stuff again with uh, ROH with CMML uh, CMLL even and uh, of course with AEW first and foremost Yuji Nagata uh, challenging Moxley uh, just recently on uh, AEW Dynamite do you think also it's not just the case of uh, stopping or preventing AEW or any other you know uh, large uh, Western companies working with New Japan do you think it's also potentially uh, trying to counteract some of the talent maybe wanting to be able to go and work elsewhere. I know Daniel Bryan isn't an obvious name that leaps to the forefront of your mind when you say things like that. But, you know, they uh, he's the first in a long line of people uh, who said that they would love to work with other companies and with other wrestlers. And maybe this is WWE trying to, to sort of counteract that or accommodate that. The thing is, those... There was like a big wave of release requests um, effectively since 
those trademarks for AEW were first filed. Mm. Once there was a sort of faint notion of competition and a changing landscape, suddenly you had Brody Lee, Sean Spears, FTR, one by one, handing in their releases. If WWE had sensed, right, okay, we've got a problem here. There's looming competition. There's a looming alternative. The wider wrestling world is getting some buzz and morale amongst our roster is low. This isn't good. We don't want a mass exodus. It felt at some point like it was a mass exodus. Um, let's nip this in the bud. Let's placate our talent by allowing them to work elsewhere. If they have the interests of talent morale in mind, right, this would have happened before, in my opinion. I just don't, I can't see how this is a factor at all. Um, if you look at the way that WWE has historically treated its independent contractors, I just can't see there's a, a benevolent element to any of this whatsoever. I will caveat all of this by saying I'm the cynic. Maybe, you know, I'm self-aware enough to realize that sometimes maybe I'm too cynical for my own good. But I mean, you've got years and decades worth of precedent mm. to like help form this opinion. It's not just inherent latent cynicism. It's years and years of precedent. The idea being that, all right, if this all materializes and we get a working relationship, WWE can send guys out to excursions to New Japan Pro Wrestling and broaden their skill sets, get them reps, mm. have them learn a new style. It's all poppycock. It's fantasy. They've got a multi-million dollar training facility set up in Florida with the express purpose, right? And these are not my words. These are the words of Triple H. The express purpose of getting these indie geeks, self-indulgent indie geeks, who are too busy getting their sh in to learn how to work. Triple H is on record back in 2014, ahead of Arrival. I think it was 2014, around that time, mm. of saying, when you come here, you come to work our playbook. We're very successful, and we think we know how this is done. That's what the Performance Center exists for. If you look at... Uh, AJ Styles is the aberration, right? Reginald is the other rule-proving exceptional. <laughs> Everyone goes to NXT first. Yeah. Everyone goes to NXT first. Ask yourself why. It's not developmental. These aren't 18-year-old kids with no training. These are seasoned indie guys with a wealth of experience of getting over and being good. They get sent to NXT developmental because they aren't trusted to go to the main roster because they haven't worked the WWE style. The WWE style is so important to them that I just can't take seriously the notion that suddenly, don't matter about the forbidden door, it's got nothing to do with that. Hmm. I just can't take seriously the notion that they want now these guys to learn a different style. It's preposterous. They've got 38-year-old LA Knight in NXT because he has to learn the WWE way before he can go to Raw SmackDown. The guy's 38. He's been doing this half his life. The one thing I'd say as well is potentially, we talked about the relationship they've got with CMLL, with Ring of Honor, with AEW. I'd also think that maybe New Japan would look at when they had the relationship with someone like TNA and 
Kazuchika Okada going over there and how they were utilized in terms of a sort of talent exchange and maybe be slightly hesitant to work with someone like WWE, especially when you and I know the track record of WWE bringing in guys or trying to work with guys from other companies. I'm not suggesting we're going to get a new invasion angle in WWE, but God forbid what, what would happen there. Let's just let's try and, and consider if this does all come come through and, and be more optimistic about this, what what are some some potential dream matches we could get? I mean, Brian, obviously, sticking around in WWE, I think you and I both think that probably Daniel Bryan is, is going to stick around in WWE. Obviously, that opens doors for him working uh, with some New Japan guys. But across the board, whether it be New Japan talent, uh, working with guys you'd love to see in WWE or vice versa, what, what could we expect and what would you like to see? I'll get to the nice bit. Imminently, okay? <laughs> I will give you the matches that I'd like to see, not that I can see them realizing their potential, right? I've talked about one way that this could work, and that is certain WWE guys in NXT get sent to New Japan to learn a different style. That's poppycock, right? It just isn't in WWE's DNA of doing things. The reverse is almost as harrowing. The nightmare fuel is almost as potent. Can you imagine, right, so the WWE guys go to New Japan to learn a new style. Not happening. The reverse of that mm. is equally awful. Can you imagine the format of Raw and SmackDown existing as it is? The likes of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, Tetsuya Naito just doing a promo train on Raw. <laughs> like three pages of scripts that aren't written in their native language. Like It just will not work. It just it can't work. Or at least it can't be good. Let's go to fantasy land, okay? Right, I'm going to leave this plane of reality <laughs> and I'm going to enter fantasy land for the purposes of answering your question, Adam Wilborn. What would I love to see in fantasy land where Michael Hayes isn't saying, hmm, didn't kick out with that finisher with a shocked face. You don't know how to work. Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi, right? Can you work? Like, it's ridiculous. But I'm just going to go into fantasy land, right? Um, top of my head, I'm on the spot. Chad Gable versus Zack Sabre Jr. would be an absolute clinic. WWE would never want to book that. They've probably forgotten that Chad Gable exists <laughs> as we speak. Roman Reigns doing virtually anything. Roman Reigns versus Big Tommy She yeah. would be phenomenal. With how good Roman Reigns is at just laying those forearms in, and genuinely casting himself as this like kick-ass, badass power guy, right? With Ishii's selling on the brunt of those forearms, him firing back from those forearms, him biting Roman Reigns' forearms, that would be phenomenal. There is, I say this every time, it's the writing that's the problem, it's the culture that's the problem, the roster's awesome. In Fantasyland, if these matches were allowed to reach their potential, they could be incredible, right? We're not going to get Tomohiro Ishii battered, but with an undying spirit, biting Roman Reigns on the arm and then just lashing him back with some forearms. Mm. In a nightmare scenario, Adam Wilborn, we're going to get Okada and Tanahashi in a promo train with the friggin' Miz. <laughs> Why would I want to see that? Final word, though, but you, Brian would obviously feature in this ma uh, list of potential dream matches, I would assume, as well. And, and do you think this could uh, potentially 
influence his decision to stick with WWE or has has possibly influenced it already? Um, I don't know. So many variables with Brian. Like he himself said ahead of WrestleMania, I don't really feel this anymore. Like, this is a guy who loved pro wrestling so much months before that. Like, he's on record saying that he wanted to wrestle in the 70s. I would have Daniel Bryan versus anyone in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The obvious dream match is heel Daniel Bryan versus babyface Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mm. Right? That would be exquisite. It's the sort of match that would be so psychologically sound that would tell such a good story between two genius minds that it would be better when they're both 80 and full of knowledge <laughs> and how, like deepening their knowledge of how to build a match that's how good that match would be that's my number one dream match but god damn it i think i'd prefer to see daniel bryan versus kenny omega mm. and finally okada if you had to pick him face anyone in the wwe roster um that is a bloody question that is a great question um Kazuka Ricarda versus <sighs> Brock. <laughs> Jeez. Versus Brock. Why not? Why My not? Oh, going, weird. Kevin Owens and you've gone bloody Brock. I just, I'd be so fascinated to see how it would go because their preferred match layouts just clash horrendously on the surface, but I would love to see them work around it. And I don't yeah. know why. Because now that I've come to think of it, I might just hide two names together for the sake of some copy that we can put under the link. But ultimately, I would love to see that match. Yes. And if we can't have Reigns versus Ishii, imagine Walter versus Ishii. My word. Oh, oh, the potential. Well, it's it's very exciting. We will, of course, bring you all the latest uh, news on this as we get it. Thanks once again to Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, for keeping us in the loop about all this. Let us know your thoughts, uh, your uh, speculation on whether or not this will come off, what this means for, for New Japan, for WWE, for AEW, and for everyone else we've mentioned there, and your dream matches in the comments section down below. <sighs> what a day. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts, as I said, in the comments. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll talk a lot more about this later on today on WrestleCulture 2. If you'd like to any thoughts on Twitter too, at WhatCultureWWE, watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. But for now, this has been the breaking news of a potential relationship between New Japan Pro Wrestling and WWE. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.